Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Hey there, friend. Angie Austin with the good news. Thrilled to have Katie Millar. We already gone again. Uh, We were talking about her book, Becoming a Mean Teen Parenting Machine, a step-by-step guide to transform your relationship with your teen. And we've been talking a lot about anxiety, but really, Katie, getting more into, you know, us both being moms with teens, getting more into, um, you know, how to help them with anxiety. Welcome back. Thank you so much. So happy to be back. All right. You'd given me, you know, a technique to talk to one of my kids about, you know, their fears and anxieties about sports and judgment from teammates and parents yelling things, et cetera. I, I heard a parent tell me the other day that her son had had three injuries on his face that he had, had to have surgeries for. So he has a mask, but he didn't want to wear the mask because she said people were making fun of him. She said, you know, like parents on the other teams. And I was like, what like he's not wearing a mask that would protect him from having another surgery because kids and parents are making fun of him i was appalled that these poor kids have to deal with not only the judgment from themselves the judgments from other kids the judgments from their coaches but parents yelling things in while they're playing so it's just appalling to me that they have you know so many worries from so many angles and we wonder why they have anxiety when you you know pile on top of that you know applying to colleges um, trying to get good grades peer pressure friends going to parties dating i mean it's a lot and i know that working with these kids is an area of expertise for you so how do we help them with this anxiety you told me to talk to faith and talk about her worst fears of what could happen and that really did help because her worst fears weren't really that bad (laughs) yeah absolutely so you know having open conversations is a big thing but i think the one of the first steps that parents need to recognize is how to know when your child is dealing with something that's like actual anxiety like what we say for like a medical diagnosis and then when it's just the normal developmental stress and anxiety that we all feel from just being human okay and so um it's important that parents really watch for for signs that their child might be dealing with something more than just the jitters of like performance anxiety you know which is very normal that your child would have that and so um we can get more into that but when we come exactly into tools that can help anyone whether it's developmental stress and anxiety or whether it's a true you know mental crises mental illness anxiety um tools really are essential so one of the big things is like we talked about helping them address the worst case scenario and but another thing that i think we can do to talk to our kids is to help them recognize that their feelings are not facts and that their anxiety often lies to them (laughs) and it tells them things that really aren't true about their experience and so when they you know i one of the things i see the most is probably social anxiety Mm -hmm. and i hear from kids you know they're whether they're at school or in a sport or something and they say that teacher doesn't like me or this person doesn't like me and as we delve deeper into it I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, well, what are the signs? Why do you believe that this person doesn't like you? Or, or, you know, why do you believe you don't fit in? And when they tell me things, I don't think that their experiences are always based in fact. Yes, there are some circumstances where you do have issues. 
but for like a teacher not liking you. And a lot of times our kids create a narrative in their mind around their identity that isn't necessarily accurate or truthful. And then because of that, they get deep into a feeling of I'm not liked, I'm not wanted, no one wants to be around me. And then they get more and more anxious every time they get in a social situation because they're worried about screwing something up or messing something up because they think they're always walking on thin ice, which just isn't true. And so I think it's interesting as we as parents start talking to our teenage children about what their feelings are, we might be able to help them identify places where their feelings might be tricking them. They might be lying to them and help them see the facts behind their experience and the reality to know, even though you might feel like you don't fit in, here's all the signs that you do fit in. Here's all the people that did invite you who want to be around you. Here's all the indications that you are, you know, accepted into this group or belong. And um, I think often we don't talk about these things. And so we as parents don't know that our children's narrative is unhealthy and, and not based in reality. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I, I was taking a couple of notes as you were saying that because their feelings of, you know, um, they're afraid they'll miss, you know, a shot or a play or, a, you know, mess up in a, a swim meet or whatever, or that a friend is talking about their skills because there's a lot of trash talking. And I, 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 mm-hmm. I just put, you know, underline, you know, the feelings aren't facts. These feelings aren't facts. And I understand we have to uh, respect, of course, their feelings and not diminish how they're feeling, which is something sometimes I... Um, uh, try to catch myself if I if I do that because we want them to realize that their feelings are important but I love the fact that you say that many of them just aren't facts well and I think it's important that they recognize that you can you know the feeling is real so the feeling of fear is very real so it's not that we're diminishing that feeling of fear but we're just helping them take a step back almost like an out-of-body type of bird's-eye view on themselves and say okay you are feeling scared right now but let's look at this from an outside perspective. I love that. I love it. Okay, so we've got this, you know, depression, anxiety, et cetera, that all these uh, kids are dealing with. Uh, what else do, can we do to help, help them? <clears throat> well, as I said before, I think the important thing is to um, recognize when it's crossed over to a point that, that you need to intervene with professional help. And so something that we do often in in counseling, and if you do see a counselor, they might have you do some sort of checklist where they ask what you and the child are able to do to function normally in life. So for instance, is your child able to get adequate sleep? Are they oversleeping, undersleeping? Are they taking care of their bodies by eating properly, eating the right amount, not eating too much or eating too little? Um, hygiene, finances, relationships, do they have meaningful relationships? So someone can feel like a low-grade anxiety or stress and still function in all of these things. They're still doing everything they need to. When it kind of teeters over into maybe dangerous area with depression and anxiety is when you start to see your child or a parent or a spouse or anyone that you love have a problem being able to do these certain functions. And so if they, um, it, and usually like one will usually go, but if you start to see them piling on where you're seeing two or three things that they're unable to do, that's an indication that we are beyond just doing, you know, simple things in the home. And, and you might want to include their doctor, medical professionals to make sure that they are getting what they need because this is where we see, you know, we've talked about suicide on past um, shows and, and people are saying, I wish I would have noticed the signs. And these are the beginning signs that something is a little more serious than just developmental stress and anxiety. So that's something I really want to put out there so that the listeners who are listening to this, I'm wondering, is it time for me to take action? Only you can know that, but there are some helpful benchmarks that you can look for to see if your child needs those. 
Okay, and so they're not taking showers. They're um, sleeping too much or they can't fall asleep at night. Uh, moody, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, if there are several of these things that you see as signs, which you, know, you can Google too if you're, you know, not sure about all of them. Um, those are the things we should be looking for to seek additional help. Yes, and, and like additional professional help. Now, there's lots of things that you can do just at home, like as preventative measures. Like we've talked about in the past, the anxiety healing program that we put together was specifically for an at-home program to support parents in helping their children learn to deal with stress and anxiety that is developmental and, you know, in the beginning stages. And so it's really ideal for, for teenagers who are who are dealing with their first experiences with these sorts of things and something we talk about in there are things we've you know, discussed previously. Another big thing that, um, another tool, I guess I'll say, for like a toolbox, is understanding um, the circle of control is something that, it's like a really fun worksheet that you can do. Okay. Where you take a situation and you decide what you can control in this situation and what is beyond your control. Because often anxiety stems from feeling a lack of control in our lives or controlling something that we want. And we, we believe that we can control for instance, like in a basketball game, we believe we can control the other team and how good they are and how, how well they you know, are on the defense or the offense. And so we walk away feeling like a failure when the reason we, quote, failed is for reasons beyond our control. It all was in, within their control. The only thing your daughter can control in her game is how well you know, she's practiced and how well she performs that day and if she's prepared, if she's eaten right, if she's taking care of her body. Those are the only things she can control, and all the rest is up to a million other forces. And so helping them realize where to put their focus can help them to take away those feelings of failure when it really wasn't even theirs to fail. Hmm. I love that. And as you're saying that, it kind of clicked, too, because I've told you that when my husband's watching them play and he works with all of them a lot, you know, um, at six o'clock in the morning on Saturday and Sunday, they'll go to the rec center. I mean, they go at night and train anyway, but that's the best time for them to get the basket because the court gets the courts get so busy. And so when mm-hmm. they're messing up or not doing what they taught, he taught them, he gets super stressed watching the game and like, I can't relate at all. And he's like, well, you're not the one working with him. Well, I'm not the only I'm not the one also that started a startup company 10 years ago and has had an extremely stressful 10 years that his anxiety, I think, leads him to want to control these games so it's funny that when you said that i actually thought of him well and we do it too our children do it but i think we as parents even do it worse because i didn't know how bad my personal control issues were until i was a parent and i realized how much i wanted to control my children and my i have a daughter first and and it was really this come come to jesus moment for me where it was like oh, I can only do these things for her, and then how she chooses to respond, how she chooses to live her life, it's completely beyond my control, and that's okay. That's part of her experience of being able to make her own decisions. And I think it is hard for us as parents when we feel like your husband feels probably entirely out of control as a spectator because he, at this point he's, he has no control. <laughs> he's just watching and hoping. For the best. And so it can be, I think, very anxious and anxiety inducing to be a spectator without control compared okay. to the person who actually gets to do that. I finally, finally, and this is, I mean, keep in mind, my kids are all going to high school this year. And so all these years I've sat near him. Sometimes I have to move because I just kind of like to cheer. I like to just cheer them on. And he stresses me out, you know, as he's saying, all the, do you see what she's doing? There's, look at her in the corner. Look at her in the corner. Look at her in the corner. I told her she's supposed to cut. She's supposed to cut. Cut. Cut! I said cut! Why are you hiding in the corner? Cut! Cut! 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have like I'm getting anxiety now, right? So because um, <laughs> we're not supposed to be yelling at him like that. So anyway, um, I said here, I have something so much more useful for you. Rather than telling me all the stuff during the day- game that I don't even understand anyway, and I just want to have fun watching her, and you're totally stressing me out. I said, how about you videotape all of her game, like to do a bunch of videos, and as you see her doing the thing you don't want her to do nicely not in the way you're telling me nicely say see how you're hiding in the corner there they can't shoot that far Um, I want you to cut in cut in here or see what this kid did here do that what watch you know Gia see how Gia came up the court and she you know did this layup this way I said if you could actually explain on these videos what you want her to do and they sat down for an hour after her game and rather than him just like they just get into it in the car on the way home and he's talking kind of irritated with her she's listening saying i'm doing those things now that car conversation is gone him telling me how the games we played is gone and then afterwards they pretty calmly go over videos and he explains and she can see exactly what he does or doesn't want her to do and to me this is so much more useful than just yelling in the car or yelling at the game right Exactly. And I think that's the key for all of us, whether it's parents or, or our children, is learning where we can take some ownership and control and accountability. Because um, you're, that's exactly what your husband did. He felt out of control watching as a spectator. And then you found this, this really great solution that he can videotape it. And then he can take back some of that to say, hey, here, now I can explain this in a way that's controlled, that you and I can talk about it. And then she still he doesn't have control whether or not she'll do it next game. But at least he felt like he was able to do his part. And I think that's really important for our kids to recognize. I mean, we're, we're adults. We've had a lot of life, and we're still getting it wrong a lot. I know. And our kids trying to learn this with their grades and their sports and their friendships and their relationships, it, it feels very overwhelming to them. And that's when a lot of times you'll just see the shutdown where they'll want to quit or they'll just say, I don't care anymore. And it's not necessarily they don't care. It's just they're tired of yes, feeling like they're tired they and burned have. out. Or Katie wrote a time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Give us your website. Yes, anxietyhealingprogram.com. You can link to the book there, to the anxiety program, and uh, you can reach out to me there. All right. Thanks, Katie. Hey, friend, Angie Austin here with the good news, along with Dr. Michael Roizen, and we were talking about some of the top medical research out this week. Welcome, Dr. Roizen. Privilege, Angie. How are you? I'm doing well. You have any favorites? There's a, a, quite a few stories uh, on this list. Oh, and there are quite a few favorites. They're outstanding this week. So, um, I, one of them is a real favorite, if you will, and I'll, I'll tell you that is, and you can guess which one. Can you guess which one? I was thinking about after the weight loss surgery that people are having. No. Ah. No, uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> no, there's so many good ones. No, I don't know. Um, well, the one is that after a heart attack, there's an increased cognitive decline, um, but that you can prevent that. So, in other words, the if you have a heart attack, what it means is you've got some plaque in your arteries, and that probably implies plaque in your brain arteries as well. So one of the keys is um, getting help immediately to help your arteries, 
which is usually how do you get rid of cholesterol? How do you lower your blood pressure? If you're smoking, stop smoking, do stress management, and then change your diet for the better. So first heart attack is linked to much faster decline in cognitive function, but you can prevent it. The second story that is a favorite is, uh, and so I really have two favorites, is if you get breast cancer screening every year, you reduce your risk of dying from breast cancer by over 72% wow. as opposed to people who even skip one year. So this was a large study in Sweden, 34,000 people, women, who had either they were allowed to have and they were encouraged to have breast cancer screening every year. But those who got it only four years or three years as opposed to five years, had a 72% greater risk of dying of breast cancer. So the point is, we've got something to help people go and do it. Now, there's another great story. A safer defibrillator is on the way um, and a safer use of uh, looking at your stomach and intestines is on the way. Safer defibrillator, instead of a defibrillator going through your veins to your heart, you can do one that is laid on your heart through the skin. It stays in your axilla. It is as effective and it has less risk. So safer defibrillator. As to another story, this was looking at another new technology, and this is all improvements in medicine, so you can celebrate this one too, is a camera that is the size of a pill you swallow and by doctors guiding it magnetically through your tummy, meaning they use a magnet and look at the images uh, as it's going through, they can get a look at everything in your tummy and intestines perfectly. So saving you anesthesia, saving you a lot of other problems, if you will. So this is a, these are two um, additional advances that you can celebrate from the story. Um, well, these are all good. So many more. I wanted to touch on, too, uh, do your kids uh, need a summer vacation from smartphones? We did that one summer. I think it was two summers ago where we basically just took the phones away. Um, so what's this all about? Well, that's essentially it's, a, it's hard to take the phones totally away. But you could give your kids a four hour a day period where they don't use it. And that's what is being encouraged um, by this psychologist from uh, LSU, from uh, one of the major universities. But she says that doing this will be a good thing for your kids. Do your kids need a summer vacation from smartphones? The answer is yes, but don't try and do it totally um, because that sometimes is very stressful to them. Do it just four hours a day. Yeah, I, when you talk about the stress, I think that's a good idea because there's such um, strife between parents when it uh, is completely taken. But I, we do take it when they don't do their chores at night. We'll take it until the next day or, you know, for a day and a half or a 24-hour period or something, you know, of that sort. All right, Doc, we're almost out of time. Would you please um, give me the best way to get in touch with you? Best way is long is you can ask me questions at questions at longevityplaybook.com. Questions at longevityplaybook.com. And on June 15th, coming up in under two weeks, 
You'll be able to download for a free trial the Longevity Playbook app. So longevityplaybook.com, and you can get the app for a free trial uh, through that site, longevityplaybook.com. All right, Doc. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Always, always wonderful to have Dr. Royzen on the show. He's always got the cutting edge info in the medical world. You know, he's talking about health and it just reminds me of, you know, three young people that I have stories about, you know, recently. And I mean, young is in like um, a father that's uh, f- my kids are friends with, you know, a group of kids and have been for many years. And one of the dads just passed away from a heart attack at 42. And uh, then my cousin uh, uh, lost his life to a stroke at uh, 50. And uh, he, he knew he should probably be on high blood pressure meds that they call high blood pressure of a silent killer. Uh, those meds are about $4 a month. Um, super cheap, really inexpensive. And who knows, with your insurance, maybe you don't have to pay a dime for those. But another uh, one of our family friends um, just ran, bumped into him at an event, and he's really getting the word out there about prostate cancer and the testing. Uh, a lot of men don't like those, you know, yearly physicals and, you know, all that it entails. And he said, when you do your blood work, all you have to ask for is a PSA test. I hope I have that right. But he said, um, you can get that done with your blood work and uh, he he caught this in time, it looks like, and he's got a lot of kids, and he's very active in his church, and he really just wants to get the word out there about the PSA tests. And then also, you know, get that blood pressure, pressure checked. And if, you know, you aren't a guy that, you know, does your yearly physical, I do all my yearly stuff, and I set up all those appointments for my mom and all my kids as well, um, definitely for my husband, because if I didn't set those up, I don't know that he would, but he just uh, I put it in his calendar and make sure he gets a text from the doctor's office, and then I send him a little reminder and get him over there, and then he also mentioned mammograms and the importance of those every year and how that greatly increases your survival rate and, uh, or your chances of not getting cancer, and that too, I schedule schedule my mom every year and we kind of make it like an outing where we you know go for lunch and make it a fun day so to be honest with you it's like one of her (laughs) one of her favorite days of the year she said it's like going to the spa you know because they treat you so well at the center and then afterwards we have a favorite lunch uh, near where the you know the testing facility where I take her and myself and so we kind of make that like a fun outing every year we don't go in October because that's like a really popular month for people to go in and get um, tested for breast cancer so we don't go then but just things to you know think about as you're uh, uh, watching your health and uh, you know those smartphones have a lot of health apps on them too I track my steps on there I count my calories on there and speaking of cell phones a lot of people are traveling out of the country and I've always thought about like you know, what do I do exactly? How do I work my plan? What do I bring with me if I leave the country? We're waiting on passports for half of our family right now, and I know they're really behind because of the uh, travel going on this summer, so much of it. According to a recent report on uh, summer travel, 85% of Americans uh, are planning to travel this summer, and while most of them stay in the States, uh, nearly a quarter of the country's travelers plan to leave the country. Well, as vacationers start packing their bags, experts say one crucial question to ask is, do I have the tech I need for the trip I'm taking? Well, we have expert help. We're partnering with Andrew Testa again. Andrew is a Verizon tech expert, and he's here to help us figure out our tech travel needs. Welcome back, Andrew. Again, for having me. You betcha. All right, let's talk about some of the obstacles uh, for people when traveling and trying to stay connected with family and friends. Yeah, I think that the number one obstacle uh, for me is uh, is choosing the right tech because 
you know, we rely so much on our technology, right, um, at home. And so it can be really hard to know, you know, what to bring. You don't want to bring too much. You don't want to bring too little. You want to make sure you're prepared. So uh, I, I think choosing the right tech could be uh, a real challenge. All right. So choosing the right tech. Um you got mom, dad, the kids, you know, sometimes grandma even comes with us. We've got six phones in the house and gosh, we've got Macs and we've got, you know, uh, iPods or whatever, all kinds of stuff. So give us a checklist on the tech must-haves in your opinion. Absolutely. So first things first, you got to start with a phone. You need a phone that can help you capture those memories, great battery life. Um, and the Samsung Galaxy S23 Ultra is my pick there. Um, an amazing camera. Uh, really great in low light as well. So you're going to want to start with a great phone. Next, you know, battery anxiety. That could be really terrible when you're traveling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, nobody loves to, to see that, that percentage indicator drop when you've got, like, a whole rest of your day to go. Um, so you, you want a, a really great portable charger. My favorite is the Mophie Power Station Pro AC. It gives you up to five full phone charges and can also uh, charge your phone quickly up to 50% in just 30 minutes. So uh, love that one. Uh, and then uh, you want a good pair of headphones. So one of my favorites is the Urbanista Los Angeles uh, over-the-ear self-charging headphones. These are amazing because they're solar-powered, so you don't even have to worry about plugging them in, um, which is really great because, you know, you're going to have a lot of things that you're going to have to plug in, right? And this is one less thing. And so they've got amazing sound quality. You're going to want to check those out as well. All right. Now, in terms of, like, leaving the country, checking on your plan, um, explain to us what we do. And do we need to check on our plans before we leave the country or travel in general? You absolutely do. It's something that uh, really should be at the forefront when you're uh, when you're when you're going uh, out of country because, of course, you need to communicate. Uh, but the good news is Verizon's got you covered. We actually have a new plan. It's called My Plan. Uh, and, and really what it is is it allows customers uh, to really be in charge of their, their cell phone plan. So uh, they decide what goes into their plan and what stays out. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you talk about travel, um, we've got uh, nine different perks that you can choose from uh, with, your, with your cell phone plan. They're just $10 per month, and everyone uh, can save on all of these perks. But one of those perks uh, is called Travel Pass. And so, for just again, ten dollars per month, you can get three days of Travel Pass. And what Travel Pass allows for you to do is to use your phone uh, just like you would uh, at home uh, in this, uh, you know, it, it at your destination. And you can bank these days as you go. So um, it really gives you the ultimate in flexibility. And uh, again, when you're traveling, um, you know, to have that Travel Pass perk is uh, it comes in really, really handy. Hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, and any item in our tech travel bag that you think is the most important right now? So I'm going to give you a fun one, right? So uh, one of my favorite pieces of tech is the uh, Ray-Ban Stories uh, smart glasses. So uh, not only do these look great, but you can really capture hands-free high-res photos and videos in real time from your point of view, and then you're able to share them to social media. So uh, they are so cool. Uh, and uh, for me, these are a must-have for uh, any summer travel that you have planned. I love that. All right, where should people go to get more uh, info, Andrew? Sure. So you 
you can go to verizon.com slash my plan or uh, go to verizon.com slash deals. You can uh, check out all the info on everything we talked about today and uh, for a great deal. Excellent. Great to have you again. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.